couple of days ago, I was on a show with Kerry Barber and Andy Kennedy. They hang with real progressives, and the name of their show is called Hair of the Dog. They allowed me to plug this show on their show, so I wanted to plug their show on my show. One of the comments under their live stream is that it's unconscionable to take away American citizens' right to make a living and then not provide them any stimulus relief. You can't shut down the economy and then not provide some sort of remuneration in its place. We talked about how Australia did an infinitely better job in handling the COVID crisis than we did, and we made sure to blame the Democrats and the Republicans equally. At least I did. Nancy, we feed them Pelosi made a tweet yesterday that people just weren't going to pay attention to. She was talking about Hong Kong and people wanted her to talk about stimulus checks. These are a few of the comments I found this morning. Go away. My husband is an essential worker. No hazard pay. This year his pay is down by $7,000 from last year due to the pandemic. These politicians just don't seem to understand that the stimulus checks are the most important part of the bill for the people, yet the latest proposal has decided to exclude this and make the American people suffer more. Oh, they do understand, political dude. They understand. They don't feed them. They don't give a fuck about you. They wanted to bail out the big banks and keep the criminals on Wall Street solvent. So instead of doing more than just throwing crumbs at the American workers, they locked you up. They said, no, you can't work, but we're also not feeding you. Small business owners are suffering big time because of this. Bernie and AOC and the squad had the chance, the other progressives too, had the chance to use leverage before the CARES Act, and we talked about this on the show. You can't call yourself a progressive if you voted for the biggest upward transfer of wealth in human history. They could have demanded $1,200 a month indefinitely. They could have demanded anything they wanted because at that point they would have given it to them. They felt that they had to have relief for the big banks. They didn't want the stock market to seize up. At that point, they would have continued the unemployment checks indefinitely as well. At that point, they would not only have given a moratorium on rent for renters, but they probably would have forgiven all those rent payments. You never know what you could have gotten, though, unless you're willing to ask, and nobody made the ask. They voted for that bill, or at least they didn't vote against it. And the people, as we said on the Hair of the Dog show, got crumbs. Not even crumbs. Here's another tweet in response to Nancy, we feed them Pelosi. Not only that, but no retroactive unemployment. It's unbelievable. Remember, Speaker Pelosi said $400 a week unemployment retroactive to September 12th and $1,200 stimulus was not enough. All to keep real Donald Trump from being reelected. And we said that on Hair of the Dog as well. Nancy is playing hardball with Donnie and that's what we get. We get crumbs. Then you've got suck up legend here. I wonder if Hillary Clinton is paying legend. Thank you, Speaker Pelosi. Stand with Hong Kong. That's all a big crock of shit. I haven't covered Hong Kong, but there are actors there that we should know about. And the CIA is in Hong Kong up to its elbows, and the press won't report on that. A lot of what we're told about Hong Kong is told to us by the spooks. A few days ago, we talked about the guy from Germany who was paid by the Secret Service to write an article and put his name on it that they actually wrote. And that's the same thing that's going on with Hong Kong. And Nancy's telling them what to write too. And then we've got these suck-ups on social media that just do their part as well. 
they're trying to lend legitimacy to the whole charade. You can bet that legend here is not a real person, at least not in the same way that the people complaining about COVID on here are real persons. Another idea that came up on the show is Mike Gravel's idea about direct democracy. He points out that representative democracy, which is what we supposedly have, is much less responsive to the needs of the people than is direct democracy. This photo from Wikipedia is of a Landsgemeinde, or assembly of the canton of Jarus on May 7th in Switzerland. This is what direct democracy looks like. Direct democracy, or pure democracy, is a form of democracy in which people decide on policy initiatives directly. This differs from the majority of currently established democracies, which are representative democracies. And ours is a fascist democracy, which means it's not really a democracy. But I digress. The theory and practice of direct democracy and participation as its common characteristic was the core work of many theorists, philosophers, politicians, and social critics, among whom the most important were Jean-Jacques Rousseau, John Stuart Mill, and G.D.H. Cole. In a representative democracy, people vote for representatives who then enact policy initiatives. In direct democracy, people decide on policies without any intermediary. Depending on the particular system in use, direct democracy might entail passing executive decisions, the use of sortition, making laws, directly electing or dismissing officials, and conducting trials. Two leading forms of direct democracy are participatory democracy and deliberative democracy. Semi-direct democracies, in which representatives administer day-to-day -day governance, but the citizens remain the sovereign, allow for three forms of popular action, referendum, initiative, and recall. In Switzerland, the pure form of direct democracy exists only in the Swiss cantons of Appenzell Immerhoden and Glarus. The Swiss Confederation is a semi-direct democracy, representative democracy with strong instruments of direct democracy. That's Switzerland at large. But in these two cantons, they have direct democracy, and that's what the picture was. Citizens in Switzerland have more power than in a representative democracy. On any political level, citizens can propose changes to the Constitution or ask for an optional referendum to be held on any law voted by the federal cantonal parliament and or municipal legislative body. Mike Gravel issued a policy manual on how direct democracy could work in the United States, and Ron Placone had him on to talk about it. Right. We're talking about a cost of an election that would equal the cost of a presidential election. We're talking probably a billion dollars that it would take to properly organize and conduct a national election where people would be able to vote and be guaranteed through transparency what their vote is doing and how it operates. And, uh, and, and that's, that's where the, where the results come about that once the people understand it, then vote, then they have created, and the, the book is the manual, uh, as it says in the back is a manual to create and operate a people's legislature. That that's what they can do. Now the elites aren't going to do it. Representatives aren't going to do it because it dilutes their power. Now, once we empower the people, then they become the senior partners in this association. And that's what needs to take place. The reason why not only is there an amendment to this, 
of the Constitution, but there is a federal law, and that law is the Legislative Procedures Act, along with the definition of powers in the Constitutional Amendment. They have to have procedures to properly deliberate on legislative proposals the way the members of any legislative body has. And, and of course, we put in procedures far superior to anything that Congress could even think of. Mm -hmm. And Congress wouldn't think of it because then you would cut them out of the power that they have. My comment was, the elites will never go for this, so we'll never be allowed to vote on it. The only way to put it in place will be to use force. Hashtag general strike, hashtag riots. But Mike's system, his manual, is awesome. He has a piece of legislation in there that he mentioned, and he also has an amendment to the Constitution. And later on in this interview, he talks about how there will be lawyers to determine that any new legislation will be constitutional. So we aren't just going to be voting on half-assed things. And there will be a limit as to how many things we can vote on every time there's an election. A lot of people ask me, well, what are you going to replace our current system with? And direct democracy sounds like a great solution. They're always saying to me that I always want to tear things down and I don't have anything to replace what I'm tearing down. As an anarchist, that's to me not a problem. But if you want a solution, if you want a system to replace the current one, if you want some system of governance that is fair, this sounds like it. And there are examples in the world of it working, this system of direct governance. I found this press release from Globe Newswire. Senator Mike Gravel releases new manual detailing how citizens can create and operate a legislature of the people and become deliberate lawmakers. The failure of representative government and the solution provides a constitutional pathway to enacting direct democracy and securing lawmaking power to voting citizens, reducing politicians' monopoly on the legislative process. So according to Mike, we can keep our elected officials, but we also can have sovereignty over them, as they do in some of those cantons in Switzerland. Here's a picture of the book cover, and this is from June of this year. The 2020 presidential primary elections and COVID-19 pandemic have brought to the forefront a multitude of issues with the U.S. political infrastructure. An increasing number of Americans have shown support for implementing single-payer health care, making higher education affordable and accessible, limiting the power of private banks and limiting defense spending, yet the interests of the American public are not reflected at the legislative level of representative government. As George Carlin would say, you have owners, they own you. The last thing they want you to do is to be informed citizens capable of critical thinking. Oh, let me digress again. Carrie Barber pointed out on Hair of the Dog that we need to make sure that US citizens know what's going on. And if they're swilling the corporate media, they aren't gonna know what's going on. So I suggested that our revolution take out the media as well and we can rebuild the media democratically in the same way that we rebuild the government democratically. There needs to be some sort of democratic process for getting information to people because the way we have it now is obviously not working. People don't know what's going on because they're not told what's going on. They're not even allowed to hear what's going on. How many people would know what was going on in India and in France if they had all the information that they deserve? A lot more than do now. Hardly anyone knows what's going on in India or in France. 
and they don't know the real story of Hong Kong. They don't know the real story of Iran and Syria and Iraq and on and on. They don't know how the CIA operates in Ukraine or in Afghanistan or in Latin America. And I'm just thinking of this now, it would obviously be more important to revamp the media system than the government system. We need to get the media system revamped before we would have any hope of making a government, a direct democracy form of government work for the people. The people have to have solid information before they can make solid decisions. What we have now is a propaganda machine worldwide. And for all intents and purposes, the CIA and the deep state is telling the citizenry what to think. So Kerry's right, we would have to fix that first. Back to the story. However, rather than becoming apathetic about the political process, former Alaskan Senator and 2008 and 2020 presidential candidate Mike Gravel urges citizens to instead consider that the answer to today's crises lies with the people and not political leaders. In his new book, The Failure of Representative Government and the Solution, he outlines how the American people can create and operate a legislature of the people, thereby breaking the monopoly representatives have on lawmaking and shifting from minority rule by the elite to majority rule by the people. When Gravel left the Senate in 1981, he was outraged by the tremendous influence money had in determining laws and the priority given to defense spending over the welfare of citizens. After spending years reflecting on how government could better serve its people, he set out to find a constitutional strategy that would allow for citizens to bypass corrupt legislators and enact policy themselves. And again, I'll break in and say that this isn't going to happen unless the people force it to happen. Because our so-called representatives will stand right in the way of this and they will fight us tooth and toenail. There are only two venues for change, said Gravel in an interview with Primo Nutmeg Podcast. One is the government and they don't want to do it. And the other is the people and the people don't have the tools to do it. I outline in this book the detailed tools. It's a manual to create and operate a legislature of the people. In his book, Gravel explains that while the constitutional framers purposely left out lawmaking tools for the people in order to protect the institution of slavery, the Constitution's preamble acknowledges citizens' sovereign legislative power. He constructs a constitutionally-backed, lawyer-reviewed argument for direct democracy providing step-by-step -step instructions to inform average citizens on how to secure and exercise their power, as well as a legislative package to enact a legislature of the people. With the creation of a legislature of the people, elected officials would still retain lawmaking power. However, the American people would no longer have to rely solely on their discretion to enact much-needed legislation. Rather, they would be able to create, vote on, and enact laws independent of representative government. And if it's like in Switzerland, they could dismiss their elective representatives. You're fired! Ultimately, through the failure of representative government and the solution, Gravel seeks to show the American people that political change is possible and empowers them to become deliberate lawmakers and exercise control over the future of the country. Here's an excerpt from an article Mike wrote called Direct Democracy. Lawmaking is the central power of government superior to the execution of laws by the executive or the adjudication of laws by the judiciary. 
Voting in elections is also inferior to the making of laws, since whoever makes the law determines who votes, when, where, and how voting takes place. Representatives in government monopolize the making of laws and are thereby able to protect the property and wealth of elites who fund their elections and thereby control governments. It is of little consequence whether the structure of representative government is based on a parliamentary system, as in Great Britain, or on a written constitutional system, as in the United States. There are only two possible venues for change, the people or the government. It is in the latter wherein exists the structural problem of governance. Efforts at improving the structure of representative government by bringing the people into its legislative operations are unfortunately dependent on the legislative actions of representatives who are averse to diluting their power under the present structure. We are left with the fiction that electing the right people to public office will bring about fundamental structural change. So we repeat over and over again something that has been proven repeatedly not to work. Nevertheless, the logic does not diminish the need to elect people of integrity to public office. The point is that the election of representatives is not enough to overcome the control of representative government by society's elites. Ding, ding, ding. This makes so much sense. You would think that the media would want us to know about this because it's so brilliant. However, the media absolutely don't want to be cut out of their grifting schemes. If the word gets out and people enact this, not only are the politicians out of business, but the whole pundit class is out of business as well. But ultimately, the people we need to take out of business are society's elites. When Mike's talking about it, it sounds so reasonable and it sounds as though everyone just needs to listen to Mike and then put it in place and everything will be fine. But we got a pretty good glimpse of how society's elites function when Barack Obama took everything away from Bernie Sanders. And in so doing, took everything away from we, the people. No, there's no way to thwart society's elites without a bloody revolution. So unless we're willing to roll up our sleeves and get out into the streets and to participate in general strikes, we're not going to get squat. If anything, the revolution we face now is going to be more difficult than the revolution that took us away from Great Britain's rule. We can't half-ass this. We have to completely overthrow our government to get this done, and we need to start over with some form of direct democracy. In short, the people need to govern themselves. And if it doesn't happen this way, then it's just going to be some other form of repressive fascist government and after the revolution, we won't be any better off than where we started. If history is any indication, we'll be worse off than where we started. Just ask George Orwell. So again, it all comes down to the information wars. Unless we figure out how to get this kind of information out to the people, there's just no hope. Ron's interview with Mike only has 42 views. And the other information I've been presenting to you is certainly off the beaten path, just like most everything I talk about on this show. One of the biggest and most necessary revolutions would be if people who view this show got the word out to the whole world somehow. If we figured out how to hijack Twitter and Facebook and make them share all of this information with better algorithms, that would be a help. It's a catch-22. It's a vicious circle. It's hard to get the word out until we overthrow the powers that are in place now. And it's hard to overthrow the powers that are in place now until we can get the word out. And if there is any way to break this vicious circle, it's with information. A Twitter and Facebook and Instagram army would really help. 
That's why it really helps when people share the podcast and the YouTube channel that I produce on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram and everywhere else every day. If you have a daily habit of sharing my daily shows, you're going to help things. And on my shows, I tell you who else is telling the truth. And you can use your own brains to tell you who's telling the truth. And if the people start to wake up and we get a small army of people sharing all this information, that's where we can start to break the vicious circle. Senator Gravel worked very hard on this policy manual, and it would be great if he could see it come to fruition in his lifetime. If you agree, then share the word.